Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, the 14th of October. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 91, starting with the first paragraph, beginning with usually the family should not, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with more receptive when depressed, reading and commenting on both paragraphs. Today's reader are, readers are Barbara E., Lauren N., and Martha Z. Reggie O. is reading the 12 Steps. Jean S. is reading the 12 Traditions. Jason K. is the newcomer reader, and Matt J. F. is the host for the second hour. The reference numbers for Wednesday, the 13th of October, are 7 a.m. 17915, that's 17,915, and for the 10 a.m. 17917, 17,917. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of those, of, excuse me, through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Good morning, everybody. My name is Reggie O, gratefully recovered here in Texas, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and um, I pass. Thank you, Reggie O. I will now ask Jean S. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Nancy. Um, Good morning, Fellowship. I am Jean S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Utah. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Jean S. Um, Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does not request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 91, the first paragraph, beginning with usually the family should not, reading through two paragraphs, ending with more receptive when depressed. I will ask Barbara E. to begin reading. Barbara? Uh, Good morning, Nancy. Thank you for your ongoing service. Good morning, OA family. Okay, usually the family should not try to tell your story. When possible, avoid meeting a man through his family. Approach through a doctor or an institution is a better bet. If your man needs hospitalization, he should have it, but not forcibly unless he's violent. Let the doctor, if you will, tell him he, he, he has something in the way of a solution. When your man is better, the doctor might suggest a visit from you. from you. Though you have talked with the family, leave them out of the first discussion. Under these conditions, your prospect will be under no pressure. He will feel he can deal with you without being nagged by his family. 
Call on him while he's still jittery. He may be more receptive when depressed. Well, whenever, whatever I say to a prospective member of our program is kept in strict confidence. I do not speak to the family, and the HIPAA laws provide patient confidentiality. But there are so many suffering members right here in our rooms. We just listen to, we just need to listen to what they say and listen to their voices, the desperation and fear, but also the hope. I tell my prospective protege about the doctor's opinion or if they have, or if they have the book, we read it together, all about the double whammy the allergy to certain foods and ingredients, and the mental obsession and the craving that sends us back to the food in spite of those consequences. If she seems interested, I stress the necessity to do the 12 steps as fast as we can to be rid of the desire to uh, return to the disease that has the power to kill us mentally, spiritually, and physically. And if they relate to what I'm reading, I explain I was at that point where I was desperate enough to do everything my sponsor told me to do, the tools and the steps. She said I must do them. She knows the book uses the word suggestion, but we don't have one, not if we want to recover and get the promises offered to us in every chapter in the book. But then I had to ask myself, what kind of a sponsor did I want to be? Did I want to be a jellyfish, giving no clear directions when a sponsee didn't finish her assignment, or saying she didn't have the time, or calling late, or skipping appointments, kind of an apathetic sponsor? Or did I want to be a brick wall type of sponsor, giving directions in a bit of a harsh voice, accepting no explanations, not really listening, sort of, you do it the hot, my way or the highway kind of sponsor, inspiring fear? Or did I want to be that last kind of sponsor, a, black bone, a backbone sponsor, giving clear-cut directions and expectations, but willing to listen with empathy, because I too have felt as hopeless as she is now. I try to meet them where they're at, explaining at the beginning of our relationship. If she ever feels we're not a good match, she should tell me without any fear of hurting my feelings. Because this is a program of recovery, not my recovery, but hers. And I'm just here to hold a lantern so she doesn't fall into the quicksand, so she too can receive the gifts of the program when she finishes her 12 steps. But perhaps she's bulimic or anorexic and needs someone else to understand her issues. I can, if she wishes, wishes give her some names to call. Gentle reminder. Thank you. I'll just finish the sentence. Give her the names of some people to call with the permission of those members. For after all, we're a group of suffering compulsive overeaters working with one common goal, recovery together in fellowship. Thank you. I sorry I went over a bit. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, so um, now we're going to take some names. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you step back and let other people have a chance. So who would like to share on what was just read?
Anybody want to share on this too? Those are excellent paragraphs. Step 12 is the jewel in the crown. Linda D. Linda D. Martha Z. Martha Z. Nessa R. Nessa. Take a few more. Tom A. Tom A. Emily D. Emily D. Jean S. from Utah. Jean S. All right, we'll stop there. Um, Okay, Linda, go right ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut, and I'm so um, so relieved and so grateful to be recovered, not cured, recovered from compulsive overeating. I think the thing that jumps out at me is gratitude. Gratitude for the beauty of this program because it works. It's a design for living that really works. And why would I care? Because I I was brutalized by this disease. It's not a moral condition. It's a disease. The book calls it a malady. That's the language of generations ago. It's a disease. That's what that means. And um, I don't have to be brutalized today. The thing about sponsoring is <clears throat> I learned a lot of, um, I made a lot of mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm human. It's a huge responsibility. I I sponsored the way I've been sponsored, and I've had so many different sponsors. The thing they had in common was they cared what happened to me. They cared what happened to them. They didn't want to be killed off by a disease that tells me I'm a piece of shit in plain English. It's not true. Everyone is a soul on a journey. I didn't know. I didn't care. And I stuck around, did the work, did what I was told. And boy, do I know and do I care. God is real. And I am so grateful to know that and be able to plug into that with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Martha C., you're up. Nancy, this is Martha. Did you just call me? Yep, I did. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. I was just no saying. worries. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So this is Martha C. I'm a compulsive overeater living in recovery from outside of Philadelphia and very grateful. Um, when I was first reading the paragraph, I was thinking, just the first paragraph, I was thinking, oh, I have nothing to say about that. I can't, you know, I couldn't relate to it at all. And then, but the second paragraph, it talked about being still jittery, calling on them when they're still jittery, they're more receptive when depressed and that was certainly the case for me you know what I mean like if if I if I seemed like I was kind of getting it together again you know like that wouldn't be something I'd need right I could have one day and I'd be fine um anyway 
what I really wanted to say was um, I really I was thinking about what the most important thing for step 12 is for me. And about five and a half years ago, I went to this retreat, and we had a wonderful big book leader, and she was talking about step 12. And she said, that's why step 11 is before step 12. And, you know, we're always, we're always like, oh, you know, I don't feel good enough to sponsor. Oh, I'm, I might hurt somebody. I Whatever. We, we're scared, we think. And that just that was the most important thing because what it means is, of course we have our own experience, but what it means is that we're not doing it. We're leaving it in God's hands, and he's helping us do it. So when I'm working with other people, I'm, you know, if I feel like I'm not connecting or I, I you know, there's something that, that I need, I'll just say to my higher power, to say, God, you know, like I, you know, please help me, you know, to connect with so-and-so, you know, help me to, you know, I just pray about it. And, and it's just, it's, it really works. It's, it's so wonderful. But it, it means that we don't have to be in a perfect place to sponsor. We're just where we are, and we ask for God's help because that's why step 11 is before step 12. This simplest thing, but such a great concept. And I, when I'm praying in the morning, I just say, show me how I can be most helpful and useful Help me to joyfully pass it on. And um, then I say, thank you for equipping me to do so. And then my last prayer is help me to be a good instrument and blessing for those whose lives I touch. So anyway, I just thought I would share that because to me, that was the most important thing about Step 12. Thanks for letting me share. Oops, sorry about that. So I was muted. Thank you so much, Martha Z. Nessa R., you're up. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the nagging, the nagging, this kind of dovetails to what we spoke about yesterday when it says, you know, if he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. Um, and then it says about the family to urge them not to be over anxious for that might spoil matters. And um, I, I've been on the receiving end of that. And I've also been on the giving end, maybe not quite exactly, but, uh, but I have. You know, I definitely was nagged by my family. Um, you know, my husband and I have a very good relationship, always have. And the only thing we ever thought about was my eating and my weight. And he finally signed me up for this very ex- expensive multidisciplinary approach. And it didn't work for me um, because it was all he's doing and none of my doing. Um, you know, he was definitely over anxious and he definitely nagged and it didn't work. You know, anything that he said really was for the emotional appeal. And for myself, on the other side, um, I'm pretty sure I've nagged sponsees in my early early days, you know, which I've learned a lot from, um, you know, making sure that they pull in their food and the way and measure and, you know, how's the work on the steps going and, you know, um, you, you know, you can continue like this if, if they relapse and, you know, you have so much to live for. In other words, um, I was doing the exact same thing, you know, frothy emotional appeal. And now I have learned that... Um, I'm responsible for my recovery and 
MySponC is responsible for, MySponCs are responsible for their recovery. My only responsibility towards them, aside from remaining recovered, is um, passing on what's been given to me, you know, trying to carry the message. Um, so I'm not a tool police. Um, I don't ask people, you know, if they have made their phone calls, if they've done their reading, if I've done their homework. Um, it's up to them. And, you know, when they're done, they can, they can call me. Um, I, um, you know, I made that clear from the, from the very beginning. I'm not going to chase you. Um, yes, we need accountability, but the accountability is just making that um, morning phone call, like that, that first that the phone call of the day because I speak to my sponsors daily. Beyond that, um, it's up to you because you have to want it. I cannot want it for you more than you want it for yourself, which I've also done. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, you know, um, I recovered after nine years in the rooms because I was ready. And I cannot make someone else ready, no matter how they're nagging, just like the fights with my husband and these programs that he signed into never made me ready. Uh, pain made me ready. Uh, and I got to give my son sis the Just dignity a reminder. Of, ar- thank you, of arriving at that place on their own. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Tom A., you're up. Uh, thank you. Good morning, Tom A., uh, recovered from uh, Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to share on this. The, uh, I guess the, the thing that strikes me is, is the, a couple of things. In the first paragraph, the uh, approach to a doctor or an institution is better, you bet. And just how we, I do 12 steps and how people generally do 12 steps today versus back in 1930 and 40s when this book was written. Uh, and, you know, this is a lot about the individual and what the individual can do. Uh, we also have intergroups and uh, our primary purpose is to carry the message. And uh, I found it hard to get organized uh, to carry the message collectively to doctors and institutions. And I think that's more that more that we that can be done to, to uh, do what this book says to, to find doctors and uh, institutions where there are people that that need our, uh, to know about the possibility of recovery through these 12 steps uh, and then the thing about nagging and uh, how to uh, gauge you know in the last uh, we a couple of paragraphs back we read it says if he does not want to stop drinking or eating don't waste time trying to persuade him uh, that's really a challenging thing to to know uh, because the disease is so powerful. And I really appreciate what others have said that, that I need to just pray about that. You know, when I get frustrated with someone, uh, to just have empathy. You know, someone a few weeks ago talked about, uh, we were talking about patience and said the patience was empathy and really related to that, that when I become impatient with someone, because I can't walk in their shoes and I have to remember what it felt like for me to be depressed all the time and to be suicidal and, and uh, gain and lose weight over and over again. And just to know that I'm an instrument of my higher power and that recovery is, is at least some, is a, is a gift. It's a grace. And so 
this person may be getting the gift of the grace now, or they may get it later. They may never get it. That's not up to me. What's up to me is to be available and to, uh, when people do want to engage, to walk them through the steps and to encourage them and uh, support them as best I can and, and to show them that the steps are the answer. This vision for you has helped me realize that more deeply than ever. I've been in the OA a long time, but uh, my commitment to the steps has really deepened since I've been coming to this meeting and celebrated my birthday yesterday and, and uh, uh, did it talking to a number of people that sponsor me and have that I have sponsored and just the, the power of sponsoring and, and uh, both in, in living our lives and just enjoying our lives is just amazing. So uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Tom A. Emily D, you're up. Chris Star One. Good morning, family. This is Emily D, recovered uh, gratefully in Chicago. And so grateful to hear the shares this morning. I, in these two paragraphs, sort of land with, you know, my experience, strength, and hope around myself being jittery and being depressed. And, you know, what was given so freely to me in that state. Um, and my sponsor will say, today, for fun and for free. And I'm like, I know for sure certain there were times we talked and it was not fun um and I just remember that you know during times where there are people who call me or I call people and they will say things like I am bone tired and burned out and I'm like something comes up for me where I think but I don't want to talk to someone who's bone tired and burned out I don't want to talk to someone who's depressed I get afraid, right? And I get right into my egoic self. I get right into self-centered fear because what comes up for me is it's my job for you not to be depressed. And, you know, having had the gift of being able to sponsor a number of women in this program, and by the way, right, like a 25% take rate, it's not, it's not 100%. And, you know, I love a good survey and I love to get A's and not being 100% was a huge piece of work for me to chew on. But at this stage in the game, what I've really, really discovered and what these, these two paragraphs underscore is like, I can push the rock and, you know, sort of like hold the person, right, uh, carry the message, but God ultimately is doing the movement. It's not up to me. And it really taught me how to love. Step 12 taught me how to love and love freely. So this roomy sort of like place where you can be who you are without being under pressure to do it my way. I have a way. It works for me. I'm recovered by the grace of God. But I also respect you and respect your sovereignty. You're sick. You have a disease, right? But I'm not going to pressure you. Um, I'm going to honor you that you can meet God because God's waiting for you. And if I get a chance to hold your hand in that process and, and really like, you know, walk you through the hospitalization and metaphorically show up with flowers here and there um, or something from the gift shop, like how lucky am I to get to do that? And there's times where I think, you know, look, uh, why can't you get this? You know, um, and I was that way for years. 
and this program and God through all of you and this way of living Just never a reminder. gave up on me. Thank you, Nancy. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Emily. Jean S., you're up. Good morning. This is Jean S. from Utah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, this paragraph reminds me of something someone said, could have been Monday or early last week, uh, where she actually does talk to doctors, or her doctor does um, provide names sometimes. And that's a wonderful doctor, to tell you the truth, because... I, um, I, going to the doctor's office was what brought me in the rooms. Um, I, I was pre-diabetic, heading toward diabetic, and I, I, and she gave me grace, this naturopath, every three months, re-looking at my blood work, and my goodness, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't stop eating the sugar for me. And um, and I just decided I was going to find a way. She didn't tell me anything about it, but um, but I'm and so I'm grateful. I want you to know how grateful I am to find this program, to really understand that these um, steps work, and uh, appreciate hearing uh, the backup of um, step eleven about seeking through prayer, meditation, to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God, praying for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out and and how that really does work with our step 12. You know, as we serve our fellows, we are serving our higher higher power. We're we're the instruments. It's a privilege, actually, to, to be such. And, um, I'm really just so grateful to be here. Thank you for um, this program, making it about the big book. There's such power in this, these words. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jean S. Okay, we'll take another group of names. Again, we're on page 91, the first paragraph, beginning with usually the family should not, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with more receptive when depressed. Who else would like to share? Loretta H. Brenda E. Blanca B. G. Blanca. Amy G. Amy G. Genoa. Yes. Take a few more. Niji P. Niji. Liz E. UK. Liz E. Okay, that's a good that's a good lineup. All right, Loretta H. Go right ahead. Loretta, press star one. Sorry, Nancy. Yes, I was talking to myself. Uh, thank you for your service, and of course, everybody and God, thank you for saving my life today. Loretta H., compulsive overeater, recovered for today. Uh, I like the part about um, being anxious. Don't be overly anxious. And I'm an anxious person, and what that was one of the reasons I'm in this program because I use food or anorexia to uh, 
Bake That. And today, it's a, a program of attraction, not promotion, as other people have shared, and thank you for your shares, that I need to um, be serene and um, of maximum service to God and others. And I can't appear that way unless I'm working this program. I, I have to walk my talk. And that's what's so important in uh, the sponsorship role is that I, if I'm doing something, not that I expect, but I suggest that my sponsees do the same thing. Um, I feel like this is the gift that keeps on giving. It just goes from one person to another person to another person. And as the commercial says, it's priceless. But I really do this um, for probably the most, selfish reasons, as Dr. Bob said, a sense of duty. It's a pleasure because in so doing, paying my debt to the man who took the time to pass it on to me. Because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against that possible slip. So I am, this is, like I said, it's the um, Yellow Brick Road. And sometimes I stumble, as I said today, on I sent people some uh, readings, because um, I am human, but I have a process. I have my steps. I have my God to go to. That's why I have to have a date with God every morning, is because I am a nervous wreck. And without this program and without God, if I don't have peace, I'm going to take a peace. And so I'm really, really, it works when you work it and I am such a you know a wretch that has been so blessed and with that I passed thank you Loretta H Brenda I'm sorry I didn't catch your last initial you're up next good morning it's Brenda A from New York I thank you all for your service and being with me on this journey I am gratefully recovered and um, always will be a food addict And I look back to an extraordinary psychologist that I work with who in 2018, I remember it very clearly, said, you know, you've tried everything and uh, vis-a-vis, quote-unquote, losing weight, and um, nothing seems to be working, hypnosis, CMDR, you've tried everything, you're a Weight Watcher member. And she looked at me and she said, I think OA may be an option for you, at which point internally, because outwardly I always had to be the smiling, loving human being, inwardly I started screaming at her. And um, anyone who knows me knows I have a real potty mouth. And in my head I'm screaming, what? What the F is wrong with you, lady? Can't you see? I don't have a morbidity, or I am not that overweight, and carrying on and carrying on. But it was this wonderful doctor who lovingly said to me, there is a solution, and there is a place where you can go, and there is a place where you can go home. Well, that was in September of 2018. I reluctantly, months later in March of 2019, ended up in a very fateful OA meeting. That meeting wasn't for me. 
it wasn't the recovery that I was seeking. But you know what? I have always believed that there is something inside of me. I used to call it the magic is inside of me wherever I am. But today I know through spiritual awakening and growth, it wasn't magic. It's my higher power who has always resided within me. But it was up to me again to do the work and to get recovered. And doing the work basically meant God outreached his hand to me. God was willing to walk me through this journey. And once I acquiesced and gave up self-will, I recovered. And the beauty of it is, if you're new, it's available to each and every one of us. Surrender. Let everything go. God is there to carry us, to catch us, as long as we do the work. And with that, I pass and wish everyone a serene day. Thank you. Thank you, Brenda A. Blanca BG, Europe. Good morning. This is Blanca BG from um, Florida. Um, I never imagined I'd be in the thick of this, but excuse me, I seem to be in the thick of it. Um, My son and his wife, um, her parents are alcoholics, and of course my son comes from addiction and um, I worry that they they um they have two small beautiful children and I uh, I see in the they have a refrigerator in the garage that is way packed with all alcohol you know way too much for for my for my liking and <clears throat> you know I worry because uh, I know they they do drink it's not to excess at this point, but I worry, you know, I mean, they're young, it could get there to begin to use it as a crutch, you know, is, is something that I, I, I know very well because I've done it with food and they're not enough. Of course they're not in, in program. They're not there, but, uh, you know, my son has certainly watched me struggle and he knows that uh, I'm in a program. And I've talked about it, uh, you know, we can't, as it says in the big book, they, they have to be ready. We can't nag, but it's it's worrisome. I also have a, a friend that I've been, uh, someone I've been uh, friends with since high school. So she's been an alcoholic. We're looking at, since I've known her, and I'm we're 68 now. She's never been in program. She's never been in recovery. And, uh, she drinks hard and uh, makes me sad because I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm losing her to the alcohol the way I lost myself to food. And she'll say things to me that, um, you know, I know uh, the, the famous, I can stop, you know, anytime. And, uh, will say things to me that I know are so obviously, uh, it's impossible to stop without help. And I know that. So I know that's what she says is, of course, it's not true. And um, so I am, have found myself in my life exactly what this paragraph talks about. So I will listen. I I continue to uh, to read this paragraph and be there for them. And, um, but they're not ready until they're ready. 
and I have to, um, I can't offer my advice unless asked, but let them know that uh, I'm there. I'm there. I struggle myself, and I and I know this addiction. Gentle reminder. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you, Blanca PG. Um, Amy G, you're up. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for such a wonderful meeting and your service. This, these paragraphs bring to mind uh, what I've read once before that I think is so powerful. It says, you know, never underestimate the power of planting a seed and leaving room for God to work. And when it says here, under these conditions, your prospect will see he's under no pressure. I think one of the hardest things is to work with someone and then them say that they're not ready or, you know, to, or they can't get it and, and, and to want so desperately. I mean, we're only human and I'm, I'm only human. And, and, and when I'm working with someone and I hear that they've been where I've been, I want to just reach through the phone and be able to carry them. I know that I cannot. And when I do, I'm taking over God's job. And, and that's not always a fine line. It's not always a hard line. It's not always an easy line to discern. And it's done without judgment and it's done with, and it's done with much care and much love to try to understand what is frothy emotional appeal and what is not. And it's difficult. And I always have to remind myself, you know, to treat with love and care, love and tolerance is our code. And to also trust that God is working. My higher power is working in the situation and that I am only a seed planter. And I have to leave room for God to work however God is going to work in that person's life. And this is, this is a um, program of patience. And, I, you know, on page 90, you know, I've had circled here. I mean, I think Bill uses words so specifically. You know, I've circled wait, wait, wait. It's like there, I have all those words circled, and here we're to not force. We're to have no pressure. I mean, I'm supposed to be out there on the firing line. I mean, the end of the chapter says us to be on the firing line of life but and be on the firing line of sponsorship. But on the other hand, I'm also supposed to wait, 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 and not force. So somewhere in the middle is where I sponsor, and I don't always do it perfectly, but I am out there because I know for myself I do this to recover myself, of course, because it ensures immunity for me, but also because I want to carry the, I want to carry the message. And just to add the thing about doctors, I agree as far as, you know, I feel like it's my job as well when I have a primary care doctor or whatever to at any opportunity to be able to share about Overeaters Anonymous and what this program has done for me so that more doctors can recommend Overeaters Anonymous to others as well. It's a really important aspect for me in my recovery that I should not skip. That's just me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Perfect timing, Amy. Um, Genoa, I missed your last initial. If you could give that, please, before you start. Good morning. This is Genoa B, as in Victor. Recovered, not cured in Las Vegas. Thank you all uh, for this meeting. Oh, my God, I absolutely love vision. And, um, you know, what I was thinking about with this, uh, call on him and he's still jittery. He may be more receptive when depressed. You know, 
um, I was just thinking about the process or the or the last uh, my last binge and what brought me live to vision. Um, you know, I had a, a big binge and was just, uh, I just didn't know what to do. I had been praying and, and talking to God and, you know, you got to help me. You know, you guys know the story. And what happened was for, I, I was getting on vision, but I was, I was actually listening to the recordings. And for two weeks, uh, my process was I would get up, I would open up the book and wherever it opened up, I would go to the recordings and find that, that page and paragraph, and I would listen to what you all had to say about it. At the end of that two weeks, and I don't, and I think it was a miracle, I really do, God brought to me these people work the program just like the folks that you got sober with, you know, over 20 years ago. And when that hit me that way, it was like, I got to get to vision. I got to get to vision. So I made it a point that that Monday morning I got up and, I was on the meeting live and I introduced myself and man, the outpouring of love. I mean, all day long calls, texts. I got a sponsor that day, have worked through the steps. I am so very grateful to you guys, all your voices. And this morning I said, you know, I need to start participating uh, because if I don't, I'll start to feel like I'm not a part of and I'm not good enough to be here. And I know for sure that you all understand uh, low bottom eaters, and that's what I was. But, um, you know, with, with those last two sentences, he's more receptive when depressed and jittery and all that stuff. You know, I absolutely was. I was receptive when my ass was on fire and I came to people and, oh, sponsor me, you know, da 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 da. But, you know, after about 24 hours when the heat was off, you know, I had figured out some things. And, um, you know, I was back in the food. You know, the book tells us that the result was nil until we let go, absolutely. I was incapable of letting go until I could let go. I'm one of those people, and I know everybody's probably seen the, the little slogan, program slogan that says everything I let go of has claw marks on it. That's me. You know, I'm going to come in with black eyes, a bloodied lip, you know, beat down to death before I can really fully accept this program. And this time when I came in, I had no ideas. I, I was out of ideas. I had run them dry. I didn't know how to eat. I accepted what my sponsor said to me. And it's like if she had told me to stand in a corner on my head, I would have been struggling, but I would have tried to do it. Um, I'm so grateful for all of you all. Um, I, I just can't even express that enough, how much I love, love, love this meeting. Um, it is worth getting up early in the morning to be a part of. And I just thank just you a all for sharing in my recovery. Thank you so much. Thank you, Genoa V. Niji P, Europe. Hi, my name is Niji. I am a compulsive overeater in Illinois. Um, thank you, all of you, as well, for your service. Um, this is only my second time sharing, so um, I hope my uh, comments stay on, on topic. Um, I celebrated one year sugar-free and wheat flour-free on October 9th, and for that I am truly grateful. Um, I had been in and out of OA over the years, uh, since the 80s actually, and this time around I really believe God just tapped me on the shoulder and said, it's time, kid. And um, I say kid lovingly. I refer to my sponsor as a young whippersnapper because she's half my age. Um, but 
God really put me in touch with her. I called her sight on scene um, and was ready. God made me ready. Um, I, I came in almost willing to do everything that she suggested uh, because I am obstinate, um, but I'm so grateful, so grateful. I never had the experience of hospitalizations, but I've gone through everything many of you have, trying to lose that damn weight. And for some reason, this time, uh, this time I heard the call, and I'm grateful for the sponsorship. Um, I'm grateful for her suggestions, and I'm especially grateful that I now can turn to God more easily. God has always been a part, part of my life, but she continues to encourage me to what what how did your prayer life go what what is God saying to you about this because um, there are so many ways that abstinence seems to be practiced in a way it's a little confusing for me I do belong to other 12-step programs and they seem to be more clear Um, so my abstinence is my abstinence and I share honestly, as honestly as I can. Sometimes I still play with what is a cup because um, I have a measuring device that looks a little bigger than another cup, and I'd rather use the one that looks bigger. I know it's crazy, but I also know that you understand. Um, I am really grateful. I do sponsor, and I have um, I fall into that category of it's not my responsibility to keep someone abstinent um, just like it's not my responsibility to keep someone sober I might want to make it my response Um, thank you and with that I'll pass thank you very much thank you so much Niji P Um, Liz E you're up Morning, Liz. Um, morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Liz E for Elegant from the UK. Thank you very much to everybody for your service. Um, what these uh, words spoke to me about today was stay in my lane and detachment with love. That's what came for me um, from these words. And by stay in my lane, what I'm meaning is what I know is the right thing to do and the best thing to do for my recovery is to mind my own business and to uh, stay in my lane and not interfere in other people's business. And that's what this um, has told me. And I've learned that, that behaving in that way is God's will. Um, because when I start to involve myself in other people's business that's self-will and the motivations that are driving that are often very fear-based because I'm fearful of outcomes for people and I want to manage that I want I want them to I don't want them to suffer what I have suffered because I think I can prevent them but really uh, that means I'm more powerful than God if I'm behaving in that way so for me it's about humility and also detachment with love. Um, that it, one of the 
principles of that is allowing a crisis to happen if it is in the natural course of events. And that, for me, has been really, really hard. But that, for me, has really served me really well. Because God doesn't want me in these places. God doesn't want me doing these things. God wants me recovered. And it is my behavior that will attract people. It is my behavior that people might think, oh, I would like what Liz has got. What's she doing? And might ask me different questions. Um, and, yeah, and sometimes less is more. Sometimes I just have to, you know, kind of give polite answers but close people down. So that's what I got from that today. And just to encourage anybody new on the line, please share. It's so important for your recovery. Um, it really, really matters. And we all want to hear your voices. Um, thanks a million, everyone. And I'll leave it there. Bye. Thank you, Liz E. Okay, we have time for one more share. Would someone like to take us out? Ginger C. Ginger C, go for it. Oh, great. Thanks, Nancy. Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater out in Colorado. And, wow, this is bringing up a lot. Many of you know on the line that I had a horrible relapse not too long ago. And... Why is chapter seven a complete chapter? A long one, too, FYI, when you're reading with another. Why do we have so many words in one chapter for one step? Because it's our most important work. We are through the 11 steps, the 10th step, we're neutral now. And now we get to really do what God needs us to do, which is to help the sick and suffering. The person that's on the line right now that's eating. And I think back to when Eddie called Bill. Well, was Bill sober? Absolutely not. He was drinking and he was drunk. And it was an amazing time that call came through because he was hitting the bottom. But the one thing that I've learned, and I'm so grateful for this relapse, because I have gotten things that I did not see and I see today. And it's not about abandonment. An amputation when people eat. It's about that love that still needs to be felt. That call to let them know, I'm here and I care about you. I haven't heard you speak in a long time. Are you okay? And yes, I have to let the food do the work because that's where they begin. But I don't have to walk away completely until they return to that phone and say, I'm here and I'm on day one. Because with Bill have gotten there? Probably not. And many of us, it's the same exact experience. It was a friend on vision who shouted out to me, put the food down right when I needed to hear it. And it went right through the garbage can and I threw it away. And I didn't think I could because you just buy so much of it and you can't stop because you got to have some space because you're never going to taste it again. And how can you say goodbye again? So my message today in Overeaters Anonymous says it too. December 12th, call the person you haven't seen and let them know that you care. That's a national day in OA for all of us. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. Okay, so uh, that takes us to 755. Thank you to everyone who shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Share ID for today, Thursday, October 14th, is 17921. That's 17,921. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lauren N. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only until keep you until then. Lauren? Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Lauren N. from Compostable Reader Sugar Addict from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 